Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah, what, what, what can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me, what can I do for you? It's a very personal, very important thing. Hell, it's a family model. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me, then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Louder. Show me the money. That's it, brother, but you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Show me the money. Congratulations, you're still my angel. Welcome to Free State, everyone. Hi, Joe, how are you? Good. Many years did you work for RT? Mm, 20, 21, maybe. 21 years. And who brought you into RT? This is like, I'm like, this is like, this is if I was a member of the Public Accounts Committee. That's great. I did an interview after, I did an interview after a National League game. I hadn't seen the ball properly for years. And I was at a match and Fergal McCusker said, try these glasses. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. So I got contact lenses. We played me the following Sunday in the National League. I scored about 1-6. <laughs> I got the man of the match that I was being interviewed. I was very exuberant and enjoying the crack. You know? So very shortly after that, they rang me and said, would you like to come in and start doing some punting? Tim O'Connor. So I said, yeah, sure, great. Bill, Bill Whelan. Okay. So I said, yeah, sure. And then, I mean, it was great fun in those days because it was independent. You know, they wanted they wanted the conversation to flourish. You know, Michael Lister didn't put any holds on you. You could express your mind. You know, I mean, RT then was exemplified by Gay Byrne in the Late Late Show, sort of where he worked on the basis of instinct. You know, neutrality or balance weren't part of mm. it. You know, that being gay sort of knew that that might be all right in the diplomatic service, but 
it would be boring television, you know. I mean, and, I mean, gay was a cultural event. I mean, I remember the night that uh, he uh, unrolled the condom, took the condom out, and said, "Well, let's see what all the fuss is about." My mother dived across the living room too late. We had seen the prom. <laughs> we had seen the promised land. What about you, father? Would you be shocked if I showed people how to use a condom? Well, I saw it last night, and they kept putting it on the fingers. Yes. <laughs> Tonight with the condom on the finger saying it's all right, Mary, we're dead safe. Right? Right, right, yes. Okay, well then let's finish off by doing it, all right, with a shock. Okay, let us see the dreaded object. If you're embarrassed, I'm terribly sorry. You're such a nice man, I hate to embarrass you, but a condom comes. Can't even open it now. A condom comes in a pack like that. That is the dreaded object. There it is, that's what it looks like. Out of the thing. People falling in a swoon all over Ireland at this moment, looking at that. Okay, if you'll pardon the expression, Roisin, would you roll it there, please? I mean, I think that, you know, that's why the, lately it was groundbreaking and fearless. We talked about it. I mean, I can remember all the adults talking about it on Sunday mornings outside Mass. You know, it was a national event, you know, whether he had Jeremy, Jerry Adams on, and it became a sort of a cultural juggernaut for Ireland, sort of a way out of a very conservative Ireland into a much more liberal one, which was interesting, given that gays' instincts themselves were so conservative, you know. I mean, I remember someone told me once in RT that there were never more complaints than about Gay Burns' show, you know, and that was the clergy howling mm. in dismay, you know, or political parties, and, and, uh, and he thrived in that, you know. Because he was a bit like, you know, the great um, George Bernard Shaw's great description. The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. And that's what must I mean. Ever since, uh, since Gay stepped down from the Sunday game. I mean, they should have... From the Late Late Show. Or from the Late Late Show. Whenever he, whenever he stepped down from that, you know, because, because he was fearless, it was thrilling, it was shocking, it was sort of transformative. And it was replaced by, when he stepped down, a culture of control and blandness. And increasingly, it was just about getting through it, you know. And I mean, by the time Ryan was doing it, you know, it was as gritty as the Teletubbies. You were on the Late Late Show. <laughs> so... Well, you see, there was a short period when I was a national saint. After oh, yeah. given I the missed kidneys. that. I was away for that. Yeah, you were drinking. <laughs> but uh, there was this, I apologise for that. That was a, a, a gratuitous remark. I shouldn't have made it. Um, I shouldn't have said it. It was insulting to you. It was hurtful. This is one of the, this is the Joe <laughs> apology. I will never say it again. But, you said uh, it in the last podcast. So I was on, you know, obviously having given the, the, the kidney, you know, so then I was on the late, late, and, and then I was the sort of ambassador for cystic fibrosis, you know, and uh, I would go on always with someone from cystic fibrosis, a sufferer, and, but I mean, I, I uh, was conscious, you know, that, that being interviewed by Ryan, the best way to describe it is, have you ever seen the opening scene of There's Something About Mary? Oh, there's something about mm, Mary. Mm. Well, what, he's sitting on the psychiatrist's sofa, 
and he's facing away from the psychiatrist and he's saying, you know, like, you know, I, I think that possibly I drove her away. You know, I, I think I wanted it too much and I put too much pressure on myself. He's out in the kitchen having a biscuit, the psychiatrist. And then he sneaks in as 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 uh, Ben Stiller's rabbit in the way about his woes. And he sits down in the chair and he rubs the biscuit crumbs off his off his shirt. Just as Stiller says, what do you think of that, doctor? And he says, I think the important question is, what do you think of that? That's our time up this week. <laughs> so I'm on the Ryan Tuberty show, the Late Late Show, and this researcher kept ringing me all week. It's like, this is a conversation, you know, I'll be fun, relax, like it'll, it'll, it'll go places. Let's, mm. let's just, oh, Ryan doesn't work that way, you know. I really need to go through everything with you. So I just went through stuff that I wasn't going to say at all. <laughs> I just thought, I'll have fun here, you see. So... It's absolutely true. So Ryan starts off, I come out, there's a big roar from the crowd, all that. And really all I wanted to do at that stage was engage the crowd about the importance of organ donation. It was a good story to tell. And I could see Ryan, so he asked me the first thing and then, you know, he's got no emotional, um, you know, there's no engagement with him. He's actually, although he smiles and all of that, he doesn't engage with you. Mm. You know, so he had cards. He had everything written on cards. And as I was talking to him, I quickly realized he's not looking at me at all. He's reading the cards. It was like I was interviewed by Marion Finucane, God rest her once, and I, was, I could hear her eating crisps. She was definitely eating crisps on the other side of it. You know, and not listening, not really well, listening, uh, yeah. not really listening to what I was saying. Well, I, I can, a, friend of mine, a friend of mine once interviewed a, a, a sports journalist who I won't name, and they were convinced that while he was taking the interview, he was actually sitting on the toilet having a crap so they could hear a toilet yeah. flushing at the end of it. So that's, that but, trumps I mean, all that. It was disconcerting. He's there. He's not looking at me. He's not engaged with it. So really, I just I just then turned to the audience and talked about, you know, the things that I thought would engage them that would be important for the organ donation campaign that was to come and for obviously the work that was going to be done in the Doyle with transforming the organ donation legislation here. So, you know, it was a huge disappointment for me in anticlimax that that's really, that's really where it was. I mean, I always thought then thereafter that he would have been really good, like as a Blue Peter presenter or something like that, but not in an adult program for Knockabout. And I think that came into stark relief when Tommy Tiernan started doing mm. his his chat show. People started to say, oh, Christ, thank God. You know, we're actually going to have discussions that are interesting and that go places. I mean, as it was, RT was becoming essentially an advertising, Which a, is an advertising platform for Noel Kelly's uh, celebrities. Well, this is this most is the, of them I had never heard of. <laughs> this is the thing that uh, um, became clear the minute that story c came out. Like anyone who felt it was a story just about Ryan Tuberty's salary, uh, and like the the mismanagement of that in terms of RTE, and also from from his point of view, like what what he was thinking in terms of that, I don't know, because, uh, you know, it just seems like, you know, for somebody who is earning an, a huge amount of money to actually, to, to instruct your agent, if you like, but you know, you, you're, 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 you're responsible for what your agent does to do that just is kind of, is, is, is a career insanity now, although he's walked away anyway, but it's career insanity. But the pro the question of it, the, the, the issue 
was always then going to be bigger than that. It was clear from the moment this story broke that it's actually, and as you say, it's one thing that it, it's uh, providing a platform, but it's also what is RTE for and how, and you know, how is it, uh, how has it been allowed to get into the position? Because the, the thing that kind of bugs me about this story, and you see it when, when it's talked about, is that it's still talked about, even by people when they're talking about how well RTE have covered the story, they talk about it in terms of its own, as if it's just an RTE story, when it's actually, it's about how you, what kind of media you have beyond RTE as well. It's sort of a metaphor of a lot of the things that are wrong with Irish society. You know, the corruption of the ideal, the fact that only a few people were benefiting, you know, and the real story is that a secret fund, forensic accountants call it a black fund, was set up in the UK, a different jurisdiction. RT wasn't named. It was completely off the books. That was set up in 2012, according to the recent, the most recent hearing. And I know that's resuming over the next week or two. Millions flowed in and out of that. The fund was controlled by RT Top Brass. They're, they were hopelessly compromised from that point onwards because they couldn't say anything about that, payments that were going through that, because it was being controlled elsewhere, not by RTE. So these secret payments are going in and out. RTE's roster then was duly stacked with the agency's stars, and I use that word stars in the loosest sense. I mean, I, I saw pictures of most of them this week, and I genuinely did not recognise, I hadn't heard of most of them. You know, and... As uh, as uh, as some of the commentators have, have Richard Chambers and people like that have set out RT's schedule, its prime time schedule is essentially dominated by Noel Kelly's celebrities, you know, from Joe Duffy through to people like Claire Byrne, etc. All the prime time shows are populated by them, you know, with the honourable exception of Miriam O'Callaghan, who is always fiercely. Uh, protected her independence and for whom I have the highest regard. And in essence, from that point on, an agent controlled RTE's output. You know, and his celebrities were in RTE. They were able to advertise all sorts. I mean, that fella Dermot Bannon, he, he, he's, he's, he was sitting around Tuberty every week and why would he not be? Your man rings up and says, here, I need them on, they're promoting something. You know, say, oh, oh, Dermot, oh, Dermot. Tell us about your latest project. Oh, we're putting an extension on a kitchen and we're putting a big window out the back so that you can see the garden. I mean, and this was this this was this passed for entertainment, you know. And all of these people who are, you know, I suppose notable for their blandness, really. But you see again be this, this became became you know, they, 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 and, and then meanwhile, the RT top brass are enjoying lavish hospitality. You know, 118,000 euro to send six people to the Rugby World Cup. That's 18 and a half grand a piece. Hmm. 138,000 euro to buy uh, 10 year tickets, box tickets from the IRFU. The strategic director of that is Ryan Tuberty's brother, Gareth Tuberty. You know, and you've got this whole merry-go-round then where, where you've got a, a public service broadcaster that is 
hopelessly compromised, they have to, the top brass have to keep the omerta. You know, I mean, some of the things that came out, like Geraldine O'Leary brought a group of, of celebrities and top brass to a U2 concert. They had lunch in 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 a in a in a in a, in a, in a fancy restaurant in Drumcondra, and then they hired a bus that was paid for at RT's expense to take them to Croke Park for the concert. Mm. You know, and all of that all of that was off the books. I mean, I see that uh, uh, Amelda Munster, who's had an absolute blast at all of this, and who said to the chief financial officer of RT. Would you stop? <laughs> when he told her that he couldn't remember his salary, I mean, you'd think you'd wanted, you'd want, you'd want a chief financial officer who could, at the very least, remember what his salary was. But you know, she revealed in the dial that at the time when RT Top Brass were quite determinedly moving towards closing Lyric FM and sacking all of those people, right, who didn't matter to them. Mm. I mean, they're the foot soldiers. Fuck them that they spent 70 grand on a jolly out of the black fund, out of the secret slush fund for top execs and their partners and some celebrities to go to the K-Club. I mean, and, and you this, see, the thing is this, is, this was the utter corruption of a public service broadcaster where money was being hoovered to the top. They were going to Champions League. They were enjoying the best of hospitality. They were getting cars. There was a, the, the, you know, false invoices were being made out, which were never paid to give the impression that the money wasn't being paid. Ryan Tuberty's on saying, and you know, in that saintly manner, yes, I've taken my pay cut. You know, like everybody else, I stand in solidarity with the workers in RT. Meanwhile, securing secret payments to make sure that he was getting 350000 on top of what it was said that he was that he was earning, and you know y- y- you look at it all, and you know we're right to be shocked. It's not surprising, but we're right to be shocked. I mean, we have a public service broadcaster now. For example, one of its duties should be to the GA community, right? Yeah. And now we know. Now we know that. That public service broadcaster, whose duty is to the community, uh, and can you think of a more serious conflict of interest than this? That it, two of its top brass are directors of GA Go. RT owns 50% of GA Go. It's a private company run with the GAA. And this public service broadcaster, who's supposed to be operating for the benefit of the community, for our elderly people all over the country, for people in more remote areas, has been hiving off to date most of the best games, most of the best games in the Munster Hurland Championship, Kerry v Tyrone, one of the biggest football games to date. Countless games have been hived off and put behind a paywall. And it turns out the two of the directors of that are Declan McBennett, the head of sport, and Dee Forbes, who's now resigned. They're, they're directors as, you know... It, like ex officio in terms because they're directors yes. because of their positions with an RTE. So it's like when, when D Forbes but my resigns, point is she's no longer a director of RTE. But my RTE point is this, the, my point is this, the casual contempt for the ordinary people of Ireland, the license payers, it's the casual contempt. And if you're not part of that golden circle, if you're not a Noel Kelly, if you're not a Noel Kelly protege, you know, you're not going to be on the late late, you know, 
you're not going to be populating the prime time schedules. You know, and if you're in the top brass, you keep your mouth shut and get on with it because you're going to be able to lead the high life. You're going to get all the perks of, of, of an executive of any major company and you're never going to have to account for them because nobody's going to ever know about them. And until, until the auditor spotted it and until it came out, seven days later, Ryan Tuberty resigns from the Late Late Show. He steps down and there's all that plumage then and all the big show around it. And, you know, oh, stepping down and all of the rest of it. And that's a fucking disgrace from start to finish. I think it's, it's, it, it is a tip of the iceberg. You know, I think that from what I know, from my contacts in the Dáil, this is going to be relentless now. Well, uh, I think, and, it, and, 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 and it must all come out. I mean, I think that they need to get the power of subpoena so that they can subpoena all of these people, you know, who mysteriously become sick as soon as they're required to attend before a hearing, you know. And all of it, all of it has to be laid bare now and laid bare properly. You see, I, I think there's a lot like, you know, you've, you've said an awful lot. Like, there, is, there are a number of things that go on, like that, you know, the lack of oversight about the money that was being spent on, you know, going to concerts, going to K-Club, uh, running them through this, this barter account. That is, of course... You, you call it a barter account. It's known forensically as a black account. Well, it's, it's, it's outside the jurisdiction. It's, well, it's not run by RT's a company. Name. It's run it by has a... no links to RTE. No, but it's, it is. You... It is, and, and I'll put it, I'll tell you something else. I mean, I've been a criminal barrister now for 33 years. Much of this behaviour meets the criteria for the criminal offence of conspiracy to defraud. Defraud who? The taxpayers being defrauded. Because money, money that has been said is being saved as part of a discount. He's, that's, he's, he's, he's taken, for example, let's take Ryan Tuberty. He's saying, yes, I've taken my 20% pay cut, like everybody else in solidarity. When in fact he hasn't at all. And the taxpayer makes the money up at the other end. So it's secretly paid through an account. It's then funneled to Ryan Tuberty. The losses to the taxpayer and the misrepresentation is that he's not getting the money. Yeah. No, right. look, so the, so th- there's, there's one example. There are countless other examples that have emerged during this hearing. So, for example, an RTE executive, a senior top brass executive, accepting up to 18 grand in hospitality to go on a jolly with the money being paid from a black fund. Well, you see, the, 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 the fund is run by... With the by, taxpayer not knowing anything about well, that. Look, that's, that's, that's fine. The, the fund is run by a company called, this has been reported by, called Astos yeah. uh, in the UK. Who I'm on their website now and it says, we are the media barter agency of choice for most media agencies and their clients, as well as the preferred partner of most media owners in the market. RT's not a media agency, it's a public service broadcaster. Well, that's, that's, and that's, it was all done silently. Let me put it to you this way. That's if the, the auditor hadn't spotted the payments, the two seventy-five thousand yeah. euro payments to Ryan Tuberty, which weren't, which weren't ostensibly for Ryan Tuberty, he asked, what are these? Where does this money coming from? Where's it going to? And then the chief financial officer said, oh, you know, well, I... I uh, I saw those payments. I, I I I didn't know what those payments were. I asked what they were. Meanwhile, there's a completely hidden black fund in another jurisdiction that's funding all this lavish stuff. 
for but, the but, for but the top it, brass. We should say that and that, for celebrity but that fund, the, the, the people who are managing that fund are managing that fund in good faith. The ask, the uh, that, that doesn't matter what it's about. That's like saying, you know, well, look, the people who manage the offshore account and the Cayman Islands are managing in good faith. It's nothing to do with them. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and as you say, it's to do with this is the public broadcast. It's to do with what, what RTE is, and like this is. And this comes to the heart of it. And then it was about keeping your mouth shut. This was on the go since 2012. Keep your fucking mouth shut or you're going to drag us all down. You see, I think... Like, and you saw them. You saw their body, body language. And I only wished that, that some of those TDs had rung me up and said, Joe, could you come and do some of this cross-examination? What would you... Because the one thing you talked about well, the first Munster, thing been, about you talked about Imelda Munster who's been very good. But to, me, to my, mind watching, my mind watching the first sessions especially the public accounts committee which i watched all of the people who made progress were the people who didn't try and get a 10 second soundbite done for the for television like i saw uh one one td saying you know it's like you know i remember zig and zag and this you must have been on planet zog which is clearly uh, old bullshit old bullshit like it doesn't get you anywhere um but the people who actually and there was one guy who just went through the credit note. And it was actually the first time that people, and you've made this point today, and people hadn't, people had talked about the underwriting of the contract meant that Archie had to stump up for the two set next year, 75 grand each year. And they'd overlooked the fact that they'd already got a credit note, which is 75 grand, Archie out of pocket for 75 grand the first year because the money had been given to Ryan Tuberty instead. And this was a huge thing. If you... If you were in, and this this is what the heart of the matter is, that this is whether RTE is a public service broadcaster or a commercial broadcaster changes depending on what mood they're in. Well, Do you see what I mean? I, yeah, so I, like, I, I, so I, it's I, I like... Would, I, would, I would put it much more forensically than that. I mean, the story here is that a secret fund is set up outside the jurisdiction. And the purpose of that is to mislead the Irish public, to make sure that they don't get to know about these payments to keep it entirely off the books. And it was kept off RT's books. This is going to be run in a way that is completely shut down so that there'll be no questions about it. It won't be seen anywhere. It won't appear anywhere. Okay. And now you've compromised yourself irretrievably. And now you can't open your mouth about it. You've got to stay silent because you're going to drag everybody else down if you start talking about it. And if anybody discovers it, well, there's going to be trouble, but we're taking a chance on that because we're going to operate this golden circle of top execs in RTE, Noel Kelly, you know. I mean, I'll put it to you this way, in very, very simple, very simple terms. If I had been a Noel Kelly client, if I had agreed to become one of his clients, I would not have been fucking sacked in a million years. Not in Did anyone a, ever ask you to become a client for anyone? Do you honestly think I'd be anybody's client? I mean, I, I, I can't work like that. Oh, Joe, would you like to advertise personal automatic? Would I fuck? Yes, you know, oh, yes. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dion. Yes, oh, yes. I would love to advertise that. You know, it's always been my dream. You know, one of my favourite sweets, Maltesers. Yeah, you had a whole packet of fruit yeah. pastels. I mean, I, I was asked by Boyle's. I think it was the other guys. There's a the Mick Mick, one of the bookmakers, one of the big bookmakers, to do a radio advertising campaign for them for eye watering money. You know, but it's it's not for me. I'm not going to compromise my independence for that stuff, you know. But rest assured, the other thing is this, if I'd been a client of his, I would have been a habitue of the Late Late Show sofa. I'd be there 
whenever I wanted to be there. You know, whenever I was advertising something, whenever I was doing one, if I'd been one of those basically commercial billboards, which mm. is which is what they all are. I mean, I see this week, there's a girl called Duran Garahi, who I am really honest about this, I'd never heard of before. But she has been advertising oats for some, you know, porridge company in the RT studio, you know, with the RT mics, etc. There's another story this week that... Um, a girl called Ryan, Lottie Ryan, or Lotto Ryan. Lottie. Um, was advertising uh, some sort of electric car in the car park of RT, you know, wearing a muscle vest and showing her muscles and stuff like this. You know, and this is where we are now. And I was struck by something that um, Miriam O'Callaghan, the other one, um, you know, Miriam. Who, the you know, other, yeah, yeah. Who, who 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 does some writing for the Indo and that, and um, but she was saying, you know, that it reminded her of uh, Aldous Huxley's great line in A Brave New World, you know. Not that the people were laughing instead of thinking, but they didn't know what they were laughing about and why they had stopped thinking. And that's what's happened to RT. It's become unbelievably bland across its platforms, you know. I mean, but you see that, like, yeah. Like it's it's so bland. It showed off. You like, oh Jesus Christ! Like, but like this is this Ryan is Ryan Tuberty, these Indian fitness people who who you know, and it's all the same. And they've all got those weird accents. You know, I heard but one see, of them last week. She was trying to say. I she said, "Do you know what a bouncer is?" A bouncer. <laughs> Apparently, I checked this out. He used to be a bouncer. Apparently, that's a doorman in the nightclub. Okay, a bouncer. A bouncer. B y n c. No, B-Y-E-N-C-E-R, apparently it's spelled. And you've got all this inane claptrap now across RT's output, you know, and people who sort of can get the job done, they'll go advertising, they'll go and do all that stuff, you know, there'll be human billboards, the Claire Burns of this world, etc., etc., etc. They're safe, they'll do all of that, you know, and that is now where our output is. Where is the imagination? Where is the fury? Where's the emotion? Other than the old false emotion that's peddled, you know, oh, the wee Carapatri stuff. And so we we end up, you know, in a situation where we used to have people like Gay Byrne, hmm. you know, and now we've got people like Lotto Ryan. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, but you see, I think that, that, that is the thing. I think that is, and but I think a lot of what you say is to do with how a lot, uh, this has been kind of there in some ways. Clearly you couldn't see the fact you nobody could spot that there was you know there was money that wasn't being declared by RTE in terms of salaries and things like that, but this sense of RTE becoming like and they are required by the broadcasting act to maximise their commercial revenue like that's something they're required to do and that's always been their defence. But I remember writing about this uh, when I worked for the Currency when Paddy Power was sponsoring the. Football coverage. Oh, IRT's football, football coverage. coverage. Yeah, and to me, like I even was, I only noticed because I sat down with my son who was who was seven at the time to watch an Ireland friendly match at five o'clock on a on a on a Wednesday afternoon or whatever it was, and before we saw anything, you see the, the Paddy Power, and I'm kind of conscious of not seeing him not seeing. I don't like. I don't. I don't bet. But like I, I kind of think there was a golden age. It's of, dangerous. Like it's, you know, it's, it's very but dangerous. Like, but it's also what people don't realize about it now is that it's actually a new technology. It's not just betting like it used to be. Um, 
But anyway, I was like, this is crazy. This is, but what I felt more than that I didn't want my son to see this was they've given something precious away here. Because if you're talking about public service broadcasting, the, the, the RTE football panel, it's a bit like, you know, like when you came in and like Tim O'Connor was head of sport then. Uh, wasn't he head of sport when you came into our team? it was Bill Whelan. Bill Whelan. Was he head of sport? I don't know, but he was the one who came to me. You know? Right. But, but anyway, Tim O'Connor was... We used to have such a chuckle, you know. But, but, but the point, but the oh point is... And if somebody was born, they would last one show. Like, but, like, me. but I, Joe, I remember yeah. going to Ireland. I, I, like, I used to cover Ireland matches and you'd be in the press box at the old Lansdowne Road and you'd sit through 45 minutes of Giovanni Trapattoni football. And it would be hell. Like, you know, you'd sit through nil, Ireland nil, Slovakia nil, 45 minutes. And at half time, the press box would clear out because all everyone wanted to do was get to the, tele- in, the old, in the old Lansdowne Road, you, there was a television in the press room that you could get to and you could watch Giles and Dunphy it's, and Brady. It's so blunt now. But, but, but the point is that this was something precious. Very this precious. was something precious. Because and it was people being allowed to express them. So, I mean, like. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, I mean, I, 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 um, you know, I, want, I was going to say that I came across your recent interview with D Forbes during the week. Oh, for me, yeah, a couple of years. And I loved ago. it, you know, it was like, I said it was it was like Lieutenant Columbo, you know, gentle, gentle but deadly, and and it, and it was a sort of an illustration of everything that's wrong with RTE, right? So the cruel annihilation of ordinary jobs, people who are, you know, making ends meet, really working hard in RTE, you know, people who are working in crews you know, who are full-time employees there who are relying on this, you know, their jobs being annihilated, you know, their pay being cut, you know, savage cuts for people who couldn't afford it. Meanwhile, the Golden Circle, 
along with Noel Kelly and his panel, are earning hundreds of thousands of euro, right? And basically, it's it's a bit like any uber sort of neoliberal capitalist scheme. We'll make fortunes at the top. We'll keep it quiet. We'll have secret funds. We'll do all that, you know, and then we'll feign will feign sadness at what we're doing to the outside world. But you asked her. <laughs> and you didn't make the mistake the TDs do. You didn't interrupt her. You let her answer the question. And that's one of the big mistakes. And I've spoken to some of the TDs to say, look, when you ask them the question and they're squirming, don't interrupt your question. Let them squirm. Okay. Don't let them out. Ask the question. Hmm. Silence is your friend. And that's what they should do. Oh, yeah. So, you said to her, what has RTE done wrong? I can hardly say this. And she said, we haven't patted ourselves on the back enough. It's just the <laughs> extraordinary arrogance of it. You know, knowing what she knew about all about this black fund, about all these secret payments, about all the skullduggery that was going on, you know, about this relationship with the super agent, you know, who was clearly, clearly dictating large amounts of RT's output, money being starved from other programs, you know. But the one thing yeah. I will say, that interview well, was 2019, so whether she was... When I appeared in the Late Late Show... A couple of times, you know, uh, before sort of I became sort of per, per, persona non grata. And for a public service broadcaster, that's important. Like I'm regularly on, on Virgin, on News Talk, you know, the BBC. You know, I'm sitting down for a one on one with Mark Crullers, a special sort of one hour TV interview in the next month or so, you know, um, constantly on, the, you know, on the airwaves, the media, all the rest of it. Since that moment with Claire Byrne, I have never, I've not been an RT. I've just been completely frozen out. And that's, that's what happens. This is supposed to be a public service broadcaster. So like someone or dislike them, like their views or not like them, you know. But the way it's operated is you're in this golden circle and if you're not in it, you know, you're outside it. And that's it, you know. But her saying we haven't patted ourselves in the back enough. I mean, Jesus Christ, like they got a 50 million bailout from the taxpayer two years ago. Yeah. I mean, um, and uh, and essentially what we've got now is RT has become an advertiser for the clients of a particular agency. That's what's happened. Well, you see, I think that's the thing. And I, and I think the independence of RT has see, been completely but when destroyed. You see, the one thing I will say as well, and this is what I, the point I think gets lost a bit, when you talk about the people in RT who are working hard and doing all that, and that nobody can argue with, with that, about the people who are working hard there. But what gets lost a little bit, and this gets lost, as I said earlier, in RTE's coverage of it, that everything RTE does, like when RTE is using this this barter account to to uh, to pay for, for trips to retain advertisers, that's to stop advertisers advertising. That's using their hugely powerful, close to monopoly position in, in in the Irish market to stop advertisers going anywhere else. Correct. And what that does then is it means that everyone else in everyone in the media, like you'll hear a lot from independent produ- production companies and all this how dependent they are on RT, and that's true. Yeah. But everybody, every, everybody is a price taker 
in the media compared to RTE because they can't they can only like if you're if you're working in a, com- a commercial station you can only do you can only you can only set your prices for things compared to what RTE is doing it you're you're screwed because RTE have this huge and this is the thing that uh, slightly annoyed me a lot about the whole thing which is fine the money that money people are getting i think you get whatever money you can in it, you know if you're that's fine but when people said where would they go that was a legitimate question but the question they should have been asking is why is there nowhere else for people to go and the reason there is nowhere else for people to go is because rte have hoarded talent have hoarded advertisers have hoarded have hoarded sporting rights you saw it when virgin virgin put out their statement about the gea go they said that the, there was elements of that statement that they they got you know they talked about you know, yeah, the, yeah, but the yeah. GA came back in them with certain things, but they made one point which was very true. They said the RTE have more rights than they know what to do with. So they've hoarding all this stuff. They've got all this stuff, and they won't. And that isn't if that isn't that they've that's, RTE that's, have almost acted as if anybody anybody who would given that power they have been allowed to act like this, and it's a failure. It's a failure of just regulation. Corru- it's like it's like the banking yeah, crash. It's like all yeah, these but it's, things. It's just corruption. I mean, it's corruption mm. of the ideal of a public service well, broadcaster, yeah. and you know the the fact that they were so hopelessly compromised, and. You know, there's there's a forensic accountant on Twitter who describes it as a financial underground. You know, this is this is this is this is what what she tweeted. Um, financial underground is a label for what the RT higher ups built for themselves: a secret financial transaction system outside the reach and oversight, and only they had access to, and they kept it to themselves. And this 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 is a very interesting explainer because I spoke to. Uh, a forensic accountant about this. So a black fund is not a slush fund. For it to be a slush fund, right, to qualify as that, it would have to sit on the RTE general ledger, which it doesn't. It's entirely off-site in a different jurisdiction and within a financial underground created by RTE executives. Its entire structure and activity profile means that it is a fully-fledged black fund in old-school technical accounting bookkeeping jargon. It's not a general ledger account where the accounts department post the company's income. And the CFO did not bring it into the RT accounts. So the payments made from the RT bank account, which is a balance sheet asset or current liability, depending on its balance on the date, required the transactions to be recorded somewhere within the RT management accounting system. And that's where they made their mistake. The auditor spotted those payments mm. from but- Reynolds. And uh, I mean, and now you've got you've got them all in there saying, "Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, I didn't know about that." You know, all these people on the board didn't see these massive variations in budget and their management accounts. You know, and how this vast financial underground was operating under their noses. Which is why I say, look, you know, in a way, I was I felt a sense of optimism that things might change now around it. You know. Um, that 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 it might once again become a public service broadcaster. See, I think that you either have a license fee, you know, yeah, and and that's it. Well, I think you know, again, to or make, yeah, or or you have such stringent controls, you know, and and you have salary caps. I mean, this idea that the talent would go elsewhere. Where the fuck is well, Joe, that's, that's my where point. the fuck is Joe Duffy going to go? Like, <laughs> I mean, where's Ryan Tuberty going to go? But you see, this is Ryan Tuberty yeah. could go to something like I suppose. 
you know, like a kiddies program on the BBC, maybe something like that. Or maybe a game show. He could do like, you know, the Celebrity Squares type but of that, thing. That, like that, that. The way Henry Kelly did, Henry, you know, whenever yeah, he yeah. left. Um, um, but, but I mean, this idea that these guys are hugely talented, like it's just an illusion. But that's again, if know? it comes back to that monopoly position in a strange way, they ended up just hoarding this talent because they couldn't run the risk of, they wanted to destroy the competition at the same time. Yeah, and if you, and if, you, if you actually make it a license fee, and I th- I would actually give them a, a properly funded, maybe like make, <laughs> like it needs to be part of change as well. Give Make them properly, properly funded through a public license fee. Be a public service. And set, bro- and set the salaries from outside. Yeah, but also, set, like the one set, thing I'd also say salaries, is, you know? like you, you, you know, when we talk about public service broadcasting, it kind of gets lost in terms of what it is. Because I would say the GEA panel, uh, you've been praising me there. I'm going to pray when you were on the GEA panel. That was public service broadcasting. The RT soccer panel was public service broadcasting. It was also entertainment. It, it was, was also, you know, the two aren't mutually exclusive. No, you know, a, good, good. It has to be honest. It yeah, has yeah. to be honest and it has to be entertaining. But like the problem is now, like, and then if you actually had a public service broadcast, you could say, but then the commercial money can go to the other, the other, the other world, which we're all part of. I'm a part yeah, of, you yeah. know, uh, and we've all got a vested interest in that and actually let them, let them be, be funded in a way that isn't, See, isn't, not, isn't, isn't affected by how it's RT It's not actually a public service broadcaster. What RT now is, it's, it's a, it's a golden circle. It's a small cartel of executives at the top with, you know, um, these, they're called stars from the Noel Kelly agency and they benefit. You know, and it, it's essentially, it's essentially a private broadcaster. You know, it's a private broadcaster. It's not a public broadcaster at all. The only, the only, the only criteria that it fits as a public broadcaster is that it gets a license fee. Mm-hmm. But unlike the BBC, it's a small cartel run for the benefit of, of, of a small number of people. The, the, the appearances of RTE uh, executives at the committees, and there will be more of them, uh, it did remind me, I think, when, when it it flipped into, you know, we saw the Public Accounts Committee and I think so many people were watching that and, you know, it became this existential crisis and it reminded me of the uh, the Michael Lewis when he came, the, the great writer Michael Lewis when he came to Ireland after the crash to write about it and he interviewed Colin McCarthy, who's a, a brilliant economist, uh, big football man, very funny man, but he talked, he quoted Colin McCarthy in his piece and he said the, re, the moment, he said the moment everything changed in, in, in terms of how the Irish people viewed the financial crisis was, he said, at roughly 10 o'clock in the evening on October the 2nd, 2008. On that night, Ireland's financial regulator, a lifelong central bank bureaucrat in his 60s named Patrick Neary came live on television to be interviewed. Uh, <laughs> and Colin McCarthy uh, put it like this he said what happened was that everyone in Ireland had the idea that somewhere in Ireland there was a little wise old man who was in charge of the money and this was the first time they'd ever seen this little man and, they, and then they saw him and said who the fuck was that is that the fucking guy who's in charge of the money that's when everyone panicked and that's what's happening with RTE once you see the people who have been put in charge of it and you go, these are the fucking people in charge. 
That's when people. That's not. They're not six, panicking, six but they're going. Six percent. It's Macbeth. You know, we're in blood stepped in so far that returning were as tedious as to gore, meaning that once they were in on this after two thousand and twelve, it was in for a penny, in for a pound. There was no way to go back on it. There was no way. There was no way to bring it to light. They were so compromised and happy to be compromised, and then and then it became seductive, like any fraud, like any fraud. You know, and I say fraud in the generic sense. I do think that it fits many of the behaviours, strictly speaking, fit the definition of criminal fraud and conspiracy to defraud. But I mean fraud in the general sense. And once, once they were all in that, once they were all in that together, and once they were getting away with it, saying, well, you know, there's a lot to be said for it, you know, and it's not going to come to light. We'll all keep our mouths shut and everything will be fine. I think what we've established here is that We'll know that RT has been reformed when we see Joe Brawley back. I would rather. <laughs> I would. <laughs> see him back on the air. And I don't want Get that. him back I, on I, the I, air, I, folks. I, just let me say, I was very angry about that and very hurt about that and humiliated the way it was done and all of that. But, you know, that's that's yesterday's news and it's past. I'm only, I only used the example of, of if I were a client of Noel Kelly to illustrate the point. You know, and the fact that, for example, I've been frozen out now to show that, you know, if you're in there and you're doing the right things and you're brown nosing and you're licking arses and you're doing all that stuff, well, then it's fine. Mm. Well, then it's fine. You've been listening to Free State Podcast, part of the thriving independent media sector. <laughs> the penniless, thri- the penniless, thriving independent media sector. We are penniless, but we're still here. Thanks for listening. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. What's that from? It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight. Why do we always come here? I guess we'll never know. It's like some kind of torture to have to watch the show. But now let's get things started. Why don't you get things started? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what we call a muffin Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.